Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, joined a special guest today, Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte. Chris, uh, thank you for joining us. I say that personally, uh, but also I know the Texas fans uh, that watch this channel uh, very much appreciate you spending the time and being able to talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. They hear a lot from me and others, but hearing from the horse's mouth is a different thing. Uh, Chris, uh, you know, first of all, I just want to say thank you again but I want to delve in right away and ask you, uh, what are some of your major goals? I'm just going to get going here. Some of your major goals for the 2023 football season and actually the 2023-24 academic year. What, what are you thinking about big picture right now? Well, hi, Bobby. Thanks for having me on. I think one of the things you looked at is uh, we just finished, uh, uh, just completed our head coach's retreat uh, last week. We got together, as we do every year, to set review the year and set the timetable for this coming year. And we know this is our last year in the Big 12, and we're doing everything we can to focus our attention this year. Because all the hoopla of where we're going is great, but that's in 24. So one of the things we talk about is embracing the hate. <laughs> we know we know the, the, the reality for us this last year. We have 20 teams that compete. We won 12 conference championships last year. The year before, we won 13. Our goal is to win a conference championship in every sport that we participate in and win a national championship in every sport we participate. That's always going to be the goal here. So when we won 13 last year and 12 this year in terms of conference championships, our goal is to win 20 for 20, you know, and, and is it realistic? It's always realistic at the, at the University of Texas, but that's our goal. And knowing, too, for our coaches or student athletes, the environments they're going to be going into this year. It's our last year in the Big 12, and they've been great partners for us. We want to, to, to exit in a classy way at the same time to the, participate at the highest level. So we went to our retreat. It was talking about those concepts I just discussed and what do we need to do. And at the same time, making sure that our, our student athletes and coaches know that we have to embrace what is taking place at their, at their campuses and make sure we go in there and compete like heck and try to win a conference championship. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Question I have for you as it relates to that, um, you know, your goals for Texas extend beyond the field of play. Um, a lot of people don't understand what an athletic director does. He doesn't just hire coaches and oversee the budget. He's also planning for the future. You announced a, a practice facility that you want to create for football. You've got other projects going on. What are some of those things that, that you're really looking to do right now that are off the field of play? Well, and I, and I think you look at that every time when I sit down with our coaches on one-on-one -on -one meetings, we talk about what they need to be successful. Our goal and our job, my job, is to give them all the tools necessary to be successful. And what is success? Graduate your student-athletes and win national championships. I think we've won 13 in the last four or five years. We've won back-to-back -back Director's Cups, finished second this year. If a geese doesn't hit a rowing boat or that ball doesn't get dropped uh, 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 in baseball, or we finish one spot higher in men's golf, we're right there. We win it again. So we're so close to being our goal. Every Our goal here is every one of our sports needs to be in the top five of the country. If you're in the top five of the country, that means you have a chance to win a national championship, and you win director's cups. And that's where we're at. With 20 sports, we dang near got to be perfect. When Stanford has 36, or Ohio State has 36, North Carolina has 30 sports, when we're 20, we got to be damn near perfect. And this past year, we actually arguably had a better overall athletic year than the year before in terms of all 20 of our sports were in postseason play. And like I said, we won 12 directors, I mean, 12 conference championships and two national championships. 
from a standpoint of that is we're always looking to have, see how what we can do to improve our uh, of our athletic facilities, our footprint for recruiting for our fan experience. So right now what we have on deck is a new football practice facility, knowing where we practice up top, but it also goes back to President Hartsoff, who is really an unsung hero in, 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 at the university. What an incredible president we have. He gets athletics, always asks us how we harness athletics and what we need to do. But creating a practice facility with indoor practice fields and underground parking for our student athletes, and then on game days we use for our donors, creating that synergy, right, this is going to be critical for us. We have expansions that are going on in, in baseball. We have stuff that we're going to do in softball. Everything has a plan. This year we're doing the lights and, uh, and some things in DKR. If there's not a crane on campus or if there's not things moved within the athletic department, we're dying. And one of the things that when, when they hired me is we realized we had not invested in our physical plant for a long, long time. And, and we need to continue to invest in our physical plant. So we're building a new recruiting lounge in football right now. will be done at the, end of, uh, uh, at the end of the year. So things are constantly happening. Our donors have been fantastic. They've been receptive to what we're trying to do. And hopefully uh, they feel that their investment is worthwhile. You mentioned recruiting, Chris. Uh, Got to ask you about NIL. Uh, because that is uh, the 800-pound gorilla right now in college sports. Uh, how are you helping Texas navigate that? Well, <laughs> you know the things about it, and I think I've had many discussions with you, Bobby, along the way. I'm not a big fan of NIL in this regard. They're trying to right now um, do away with $1 trillion in student loan debt. When I graduated college, I owed $58,000. College is a, is, is a privilege, not a right. It's a privilege to go. You earn that right. And I knew what I was getting into when I took out those student loans to help supplement my track scholarship. And you know what? I paid them off. It took me 17 years. But I knew what I was getting into. For asking for forgiveness on student loans, I just don't quite get that when we know what we're doing. You know, K through 12 is a right. College is a privilege. And we give more scholarships away for free than any other uh, entity in the country outside the GI Bill, and they're trying to do away with that and talk about name, image, and likeness and say, hey, here comes the money, when forever we've been asking donors and fans to support scholarships for young people to get an education to change their life. But once they pass the rule of NIL, I said, guys, we got to get in that game. It is critical for the University of Texas that we are in the NIL space, not only for competition, but for giving our students the opportunity to come to Texas, get a degree from Texas, yet change their life by the connections they make. So when companies and individuals are investing in, in, in a Bijan, Bijan has a chance now to come in, transform name image like it's on campus, and yet tell the next person, when you come to Texas, what starts your change of the world really happens. So if we want to win, we want to be as competitive as we ever need to be on all platforms, NIL is critically important to us. And I get it. And we're now changing our landscape within the athletic department to help fundraise for NIL. Um, but at some point in time, we're going to have to have some intervention of what looks place because everything that's happened across the part, it, um, now they have agents. We're going down a slope that just is foreign to me from how I understood college athletics to be. But if it's going to be under the current rules that we're in today, um, it's a must if we want to win. A question for you. Uh, just uh, changing gears a little bit here, speaking with uh, Chris Del Conte, University of Texas Athletic Director. You have a pretty good hit rate on coaches hiring, uh, not just in major sports, but sports across the board. Um, your decision, I guess it was in April, 
uh, to elevate Rodney Terry uh, to the head spot uh, in basketball. Uh, what went behind that? I, I think a lot of people haven't heard from you on that uh, topic. And, uh, you know, it's one of those that that you could have went out and hired somebody else mm -hmm. outside the program that maybe had a more proven track record. But you decided to stay with Rodney. And I just want to hear why you, you made that choice. Well, and I think you look at uh, Rodney. When Rodney left here at Fresno State, he actually, his resume at Fresno State, did a really, really good job in a program that was really fractured. So we knew he had the pedigree to, to, to do that, took that team to a tournament, went to UTEP, and then chose to come back to the University of Texas and did a nice job at UTEP. When this team was constructed and the team was put forth, and, and you know what, uh, um, we'll, we'll back up, we hired Coach Beard. I mean, I was um, – I looked across the board of all of our coaches, and uh, I was like, God, here we go. We have a chance now to really set the table moving forward, and it's just unfortunate. I feel bad for Coach Beard, feel bad for Randy, everyone involved – but we made the decision, the right decision for the University of Texas. And at that point in time, I remember meeting with our team and watching our team just, they were grown men in the room. A lot of those kids were 23, 24 years old, the COVID kids, portal kids had come through. So they, they understood. And they stood up man to man and said, we got you. And watching Rodney under the most adverse situations possible, I handed him the, 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 the whistle and I said, Rodney, go earn this job. Nothing will be given to you. Go earn it. That night against Rice, I was like, whew, pretty shaky. <laughs> I was like, God bless America. This is crazy. But watching every single step of the way, how the team responded, how he coached, how he communicated, I knew right then and there, if given the opportunity at this place, he could do something special. And a lot of times you go, boy, he had a run. She's just, just a magical run. You got to do it. And I agree with that to a certain extent. He had a magical run. But watching how the team rallied around him, and you could think through uh, uh, through the kids that came back, the kids he attracted to the portal, the kids that are around the team and who recruited, we knew that we had a chance, and the, and the coaching staff put forth uh, um, for us, and um, he deserved that opportunity. He earned that opportunity to to lead this program, and the more and more I thought about it, I kept on thinking, okay, whoever else we bring in today, whoever else you look at, what could they have done during this time? anything different. And he learned from Coach Barnes for years. He was a Longhorn. Uh, he is a Longhorn. This opportunity with Coach Beard and what he did, he came back for a reason, left a head coaching job, him and Augie, to come here. Um, and they put it together in a situation where I said, you know what? Uh, 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 it's a little bit like uh, uh, the movie Nemo. He goes, hey, let's squirt. Let him swim a little bit. Let's see what he can do. And he earned that right. It's awesome. Yeah. I, you mentioned recruiting and a lot of people, Rodney was, uh, Coach Terry was primarily known as a big time recruiter for Coach Barnes and then became a head coach, uh, et cetera. Um, one of the questions going into that hire for Rodney Terry was just how well he would be as a recruiter as the head guy, right? Mm -hmm. Now he's, uh, he's on a roll. He's done really well in the portal again this year. Texas looks poised to have another strong basketball team. From your standpoint, though, as the AD, you have that had to be a consideration. Like, what part of recruiting goes into your mindset when you're hiring a coach? Like, is it if they're proven, you don't worry about it as much, or is recruiting a piece of that where you have to really kind of lean on it and see what you think they can do and what they can accomplish? I think it's all of it. I, I'll say this when I was at whether it be at Arizona, was I was at Rice or TCU here, when you come to the University of Texas, and I've learned this. 
from afar and at the same time by, by other people watching and listening, learning from other ADs, the mistakes they've made or the successes they had. When, when I was given this op opportunity to come to the University of Texas, one of the things I looked at is you better hire coaches that understand the gravitas of the University of Texas. You know, if you're a captain of a PT boat, you're not ready for a huge battleship. You're not ready for an aircraft carrier because in an aircraft carrier driving this ship is completely different than my opportunity at Rice. It is still a 94-foot court. It's still a 10-foot rim, a 15-foot free throw, but everything around it is just so much different. And recruiting to this enterprise is so much different. So you want to have someone that has the chops, not only success, but understanding the depth and understanding of what it means to operate the University of Texas. So every one of the coaches that we've ever hired since I've been here, we've always looked at how and where they came from, their pedigree, but more importantly, the nuance that is success at Texas. And, you know, recruiting is a huge part of that. Coaching and managing the enterprise is a huge part. And who you hire is almost as critical. You look at Steve when he took the job here. Steve was at USC. When he went to, to remember when, when Steve was at, when I was in the Pac-10, he went to Washington. I think they were 1-24. in 24. <laughs> They were 0-12 when they took over. The year before, they won one game. The year before that, they won two games. So they're like 3-60. and 60. And what he did, we went five games, six games, seven. He built it right up, and you can see the success and the trajectory. You know what I mean? Yep. I, my, my question on this, then, is a little bit separate. Like, you were at Rice, TCU, Arizona, went to Washington State undergrad. So those are all smaller schools that went from that PT boat of sorts to the aircraft carrier. How, how have you personally, in the last several years, grown into this job at Texas? You know, great question. It was interesting. I remember my first job when I went to Rice as an AD. I think I was 36 years old. Might have been 37. And uh, uh, I had the press conference. They just handed me the keys, and that was it. I was like, holy cow, what now? And I think from that job, I, I realized that, that first year I had to be perfect. I had to know every ounce of everything, compliance, academics, sports management, you name it. Everything had to come. I had to have the answer. Why? Because all of a sudden, everyone was looking to me for the answer. And that was a perfect job for me to learn and say, you know what? You don't have to have all the answers. Hire the right people around you. Think positive. Become a positive leader. Believe in them. When they don't believe in themselves or they're making mistakes, take the fall for their mistake. Because if you if you make mistakes, it means you're trying. If you're within any organization, if you're making mistakes and not the same mistake over and over again, but if you're trying something that doesn't work, don't blame them. You take the blame and let them because you still want that innovation. So that was a perfect job for me was to learn how to lead, how to be a part of a team when everyone thinks you're supposed to have all the answers. And Rice is a perfect breeding ground. Opportunity to go to Texas. And I, and I tell everyone, it's like Hickory. Rice was Hickory. It was awesome. Great environment. We were successful. Got to build some things up. Went to TC, which is like, uh, uh, you know, sexuals. Now, they're super successful athletic, but I'm talking about the organization, the structure of what it was. For me, from an administration standpoint, not athletic success, the administration was like sectionals. They had, a, you know, Rice had 30,000 living alumni. TCU had 50,000 living alumni. But you still had to learn how to operate in a passionate business. And my job is to operate is to is to operate in, in, in a world based on people's passion. And rational people become irrational when it comes to their passion, whether it be coaches, donors, fans, student athletes. And that's my job is managing that enterprise. 
and hiring people around us to make sure that we do everything we can to be successful. So going to TCU was fantastic. When I got here, remember I had to merge departments. It was a wild time. We went from Steve Patterson to Mike to CP was here. And they said, when they hired me, they said, hey, you need to merge departments. We had been the last athletic program to fully merge two separate programs. That was really a struggle. And I credit uh, CP. I credit that uh, we hired Sean. We hired Drew with me and we brought in Sarah and said, okay, here's our leadership team. Let's figure out ways to be successful. I have grown significantly here because through the eyes of Texas, through COVID, through all the trials and tribulations of getting our program right to where we want it to be and we're not there yet, um, the nation has been awesome and given us grace and given us time to be successful. And I can't thank him enough, but there's a lot of gray hair now. I came here completely black hair now, but you just learn on the job. But because I observed it for 10 years from afar, I understood the concepts. But the enterprise is so much different being a PT cruiser to coming here because it's like, holy smokes. And going from Delos was the AD for eight men's sports. That's all he oversaw for 33 years. He was the men's AD. The women's AD was Donna Lopiano. It became, then it was Coach Conrad, then it was Coach C CP. They were, they were equals. And they were completely a division of program. So combining them was a real, real tough task as well, culturally and uh, what we need to do within the building. Got it. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people appreciate that part of what you're describing because that is that is a big deal. And CP, for those who don't know, is Chris Plonsky, a longtime uh, athletic. Uh, she's part of the institution at the University of Texas at some level. A um, couple other questions for you. Uh, I, I don't want to go too far and too deep into the SEC, but boy, when they released that schedule for 2024 and you saw that, uh, Georgia and Florida coming to, I mean, what were your thoughts? I mean, you're like, I'm not going to have to worry about season ticket sales. <laughs> what were you thinking? Well, I was thinking, guys, we still got 23 to go. <laughs> it's like everyone forgot we have a year this year. I'm like, hey, we went right to our coach's retreat. And I said, guys, that is next year. We need to focus right near across the board. Because every one of our coaches uh, is just itching to get in the Southeastern Conference. Yet they all know the task at hand. And uh, from a standpoint of us going to the Southeastern Conference and all the things that lie ahead, uh, I just got to give a, a, a big shout out to, to President Hartzell and Chairman Eltif. Uh Every decision that we make at the University of Texas, everyone says, oh, we make every decision together. I constantly ask him, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Because... Uh, success has a thousand friends and failure is an orphan. You know, when everyone hires a coach, oh my God, he's the greatest thing ever. As soon as he fails, he's a bum. When you make decisions of this magnitude, they're not made in a vacuum. When you go hire a head coach, they're not made in a vacuum. You always want to go through and vet people through. And this idea of moving to the Southeastern Conference, President Hartzell has been lockstep with me every single step of the way and Chairman L-Type to go, okay, what do we look at? How is this going to look like? We weren't supposed to go until 25. We made decisions needed to move forward because of a lot of other things, but it has been fantastic. Their leadership and, and support along the way goes unnoticed. And as you can see, the institution completely just on a, an amazing rise right now. Uh, and it's because of, of, of our president. I mean, he is, he is the man. And I mean that with all, with all due respect to every other leader that's been here before, but who I work for, he understands how to harness us. And that is super spectacular. But 
I saw that schedule. And I'm like, yeah, baby. <laughs> little bit, little bit. We had to go to Arkansas again and to AM. I go, guys, I get it. You know, how we <laughs> getting into the SEC, all the stuff, the memes, all the stuff that's gone on there. I was like, I don't care who we play right now. Let's just get in, get ourselves feet wet and playing Georgia. We got to, what do we have? Georgia, we have Florida, Mississippi State, and uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. All great teams. And then, the, you know, the following year, and hopefully we go, but that's a year from now. This year, with the, with the nine-game Big 12 schedule, I think we only we only leave the state once or twice. Uh, we got we to gotta end. Uh, we got to go out and bang. And I, as I told our uh, Steve, last year in the Southwest Conference, we won it. First year in the Big 12, we won it. Let's go do it again. Come on. It's been too long. Gotcha. Um, you know, you mentioned Steve there. Uh, we're called on Texas football, even though we cover all uh, Texas sports, obviously, uh, at Inside Texas as well. Chris, uh, the culture of the football program right now, um, you've overseen that and been here since he was here. And what are you seeing that's different over time that, that Coach Sarkeesian and his staff have kind of put into play? You know, it's interesting. <laughs> I've known Steve for such a long time. And, and when we were talking about coaches and who we were going to hire, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Knowing what he did at Washington, everyone poo-poos that for a moment. They forget. They were like 2-25 and 25 when that guy took over. Was, Go look it up. It's the craziest record. And to see the improvement he made, to get to nine games, all of a sudden goes to USC, and you saw what happened. Fell apart. Personally, and everyone's points fingers. I said, you know, we're all, we're not perfect. We're all children of God, you know, and, and every single day we fight our own demons, each and every one of us, but we strive for perfection. And I'm a big fan of listening to Steve talk. And when we were talking about what university of Texas could be and he playing at USC and seeing his affection for the program across the, uh, across the, 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 the field and goes, my God, knowing what it was, the moment's not too big. And we talk about culture and recruiting and how we're going about it. Everything, as he has said, is coming to fruition. We had to recruit the right people. Coming off COVID in the eyes of Texas, remember, we only had 54 guys on scholarship that year. We were playing tight ends at linebacker. We were playing wide receivers at safety. We were It was a hodgepodge. Yet, we were teased enough to think, oh, my God, we could win 10 games. You know, and all of a sudden, so we won five games. We won eight last year, and I see the building blocks. But the culture in the building with Steve is incredible. And let me tell you what, what this is. Our first head coach's retreat when I do it. I do it every year. Eddie stood up. Eddie Reese. I call him Yoda. He stood up and looked at me and goes, CDC, I'm glad that you're here. But I want you to know what you're walking into. And I said, yes, sir. 
Our heart, our heart in Coach Barnes is gone. Our soul in Mac Brown is no longer here, and our mind in Augie's not with us. All been told to leave the department. That's what you inherited. How do you put it back in the box? And that was my first introduction to our coaches at our retreat. This last retreat, Steve talks about us, a united technus, a reckoning. And you can see his culture is not only permeates there, but you have Jared Elliott. You have all of our coaches are now all engaged in the reckoning of Texas. But it starts with our coaches. But imagine you, me, me, me coming from TCU, and, they, and, and Eddie Reese says that. He's won more national championships than just about anybody anywhere in any sport. And But talked about what we were going through as a department and what they were feeling. And I sit right there. I Okay, they left. I remember thinking to myself, okay, we really got to focus on our coaches. We got to focus on giving them all the tools necessary to be successful. And leaving that um, uh, that meeting, I gave every one of our coaches $10 million to go fix their facilities immediately across the board. Let's, let's start infusing some trust in them. Let's start infusing some faith in them and put them back on a road that when we combine them, that they understand where it's one united program. But all those coaches were either fired or retired. All three were, were let go. And they're our most successful coaches on the men's side. Right? And then DeLoss retired. And we just had this tumultuous time. So to see that coming and see where we're at, Steve plays a huge role in our culture on our, with all of our coaches right now. It's awesome. Here's the here's a question for you, because the culture doesn't stem from just one sport. You mentioned the, the moment's not too big. Yep. Y'all are going to Michigan, to Ohio State in football, okay? Entering the SEC. Hoops, you've made the decision to play in New York City every year. Mm-hmm. You play Stanford in baseball, what, every other year. Texas clearly has a national brand uh, on top of it being the state university or the flagship university in the state. How do you manage those sorts of expectations and put make sure that Texas is involved in those sorts of games and uh, pieces so that it, it feels right to Texas? Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Coach, President Hartfly, we're talking about this all the time. We're the front porch. What's our moniker? What starts here changes the world. And who, what, what invites you in? Texas athletics. We're the front porch. The house is the university. The alumni association is the back porch. You would tell lies about how great you were here. <laughs> but we invite everybody in through the eyes of athletics. That's why there's a sports page. We are arguably one of the top two, three programs in the country in college athletics, a brand. Last year, we sold $100 million worth of merchandise. Think through this. It's the brand of Texas. We should be a national brand, playing a national schedule, going into New York City, going into L.A., going to San Francisco, going to Michigan, Ohio State, is to take our brand and say we are Texas, have our alumni see the eyes of our great institution academically, Because when we come in and play, it's our culture, it's our colors, and it's us playing your culture and your colors and whoever you are at your institution. And that's how we harness Texas. It should always be about how do we position our great institution uh, around the world, and athletics plays a part of that. 
And that's my conversation with President Harsh all the time. We will schedule nationally. We always put ourselves, when we were deciding to what conference to go to, the Southeastern Conference made the most sense for us because the region we are in, who we played, and the brands and recognition for those institutions that we play. At the same time, we were always going to play a national schedule across the board because that is who the University of Texas is. Chris, uh, speaking with Chris Del Conte, Athletic Director, University of Texas. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, this is On Texas Football. Uh, Chris, I've got a few more questions that are small in nature, kind of. I shouldn't say small, but quick, quick answer type of stuff. You added beach, beach volleyball mm -hmm. uh, this past spring. Uh, any other sports on the horizon uh, at this point that you're considering? I don't, I don't think you've announced anything, but sports that you're potentially considering adding uh, given Title IX and other parameters right now. Well, let's just go real quick. I, 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 I know I'm not going to be quick because I'm never quick there, Bobby, <laughs> but I understand your little dig there. Make him short. <laughs> oh, no, real no, real nice. Real nice. But no. I'm, just saying, I'm glad we hired Stein Mesker for our women's beach volleyball for us to go recruit him at UCLA. He won uh, two couple national championships there. We knew that Beach was coming in. I wanted to get a coach that had big gravitas, understood how to win a national championship, came to Texas. He's doing an amazing job for us, and uh, super excited about that. We'll actually play our first year in earnest in 25. We're using indoor to play outdoor this coming year as he builds up his roster. But as we look to have other sports, we'll continue to see what we can do there um, across the board. And uh, – Whoever we look at, uh, what sports we look at, we're, we know we got to add a couple. We're about 63% women on campus. So title line wise, we got to continue to match our student body enrollment. We have a committee looking at that. And there's a lot of sports that I'm always looking through. Um, we can name three or four. Name three or four. That it could be gymnastics. It could be lacrosse. It could be one of the things we want to do is make sure that we, we uh, uh, um, that there's sports that are in the SEC, natural footprint. Um, I think, uh, you know, gymnastics is a natural. You can look at lacrosse as a natural uh, in terms of the students that we recruit, uh, uh, right? Um, uh, the SEC is heavy into equestrian. Uh, um, and and uh, so you can look at those sports. But right now we knew beach. Where we were coming from beach is I needed to make sure we strengthen our indoor program because there's a, we have a number, you know, I'll be arguing the number one program in the country. When you have beach, you can kind of supplement each other together. That's why I chose that particular sport. As we look down the road, join the Southeastern Conference, I'll look at sports that make sense for us as an institution at the same time competitively within the Southeastern Conference. That makes total, that makes total sense. And I was not trying to uh, cut oh, you off at all. You've got, yes. the, you've got the mic, my man. You've got the mic. Throw me under the bus. Good work. Hey, uh, Thoughts on the proliferation of uh, special assistants to the head coach, not only Sark, right? Not only him with Joe DeCamillis and Paul Christ, but also Rodney Terry and Chris Ogden. Um, you've seen that, you know, come into being. Do you feel like that is improving sports as a whole, improving the mentorship of these guys? What What is the value there outside of just wins and losses for teams? You know, it's interesting. <laughs> it's a proliferation of an army around a coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick Saban started that. And it was interesting to see what he did. Uh, uh, and I, he had Mike Stoops there as a dear friend. He had a lot of coaches. Steve went down there. You look at all the coaches that have been through their Loxley, a lot of NFL guys been through A&M, I mean, through, uh, through uh, Alabama. And one of the things I always thought was interesting about that was – there's a coach that's the greatest coach ever in the modern era. 
He had no ego. Brought other people in the room to say, hey, let's look at what maybe you can see things differently. Right? That's an NFL perspective. When Steve came here, he goes, hey, I want to do the exact same thing. I'm bringing Gary. It'll be a Paul, Chris, D. Camilla. It's not having an ego. It's saying, I need other people to see things, look at this and say, what do you see differently? How would you attack this? Their wisdom has been so great for us that it puts our positions in place so, hey, we can go out and be successful. And I, and, and I credit uh, uh, Coach Saban for that because I was always awed by like, wow, isn't that awesome? But I've asked people that have been there. And it was, hey, we're going to go play this. The, the coaches put, the, put the, uh, the, the plan together. And here comes an analyst says, boy, have you thought about this? Here's how it would attack this. And not having an ego enough to go do that tells you the humility of the coach. Watching Steve when he got here and said, this is what we are going to do, and bringing those guys in was to say, help us look at things differently. And that's just a testament to them. And anytime you can do that to get better, uh, it's fantastic. Rodney taking the same approach when, uh, when I, ironically, Coach Beard went and spent time with Nick Saban. He came in and said, hey, this is what we're looking at. So the more eyes you have on it, sometimes it can be too many people in the room. But how they do it now is, hey, the coach is coach. I need you to look at tape. Tell us how you would attack that particular formation and give us your thoughts on a game plan. Not saying we're going to incorporate all of it, but we're going to look at it. And Gary did a really nice job for our defensive staff. Our defense staff coached. Gary would go down and break down tape and say, hey, here's what they do. I see their strengths and weaknesses, and here's how you ought to attack it. And they would take their philosophies and put it forth. And that, you know, bringing Paul Christen is going to be great, too, because you can say, hey, here's what we did at Wisconsin. And do, do they mesh a little bit to help us? Uh, uh, if two or three things can, can, can uh, mesh and you can win a game because of that thought, take it all day. Right. Um, a couple other thoughts here. Uh, the SEC, you mentioned 2024. You're really focused on 2023. But from a planning perspective for you, um, one of the things that the SEC requires is that the bands are in the lower bowl. Is that correct? And some of the fans. So any other changes with that addition mm. coming to, to uh, uh, DKR? No. And that, that's why, if you look at why we moved the student section a year ago, I needed to give them two years to do that. We, it was, we moved them one way, then we moved another to the construction. When we decided we, I need to move everyone back to that section. You know what I mean? Yep. So, so, so we moved them. We moved the student section back to to the one corner, knowing that we're going to have to have the the SEC says you got to have five thousand seats for the visiting team, twenty five hundred in the lower bowl, twenty five up top. In the Big Twelve, we put everybody up top. Uh, uh, and I started out when I was at TCU, partly because we only had twelve thousand season ticket holders when I became the AD at TCU, and we played everybody. It was just jam-packed with the, the whole the visiting team. So I'm like, ah, time out. We're not doing that. We'll stick it's the everything. same when you were at Rice, too, by the way. Uh, uh, mucho bueno. So, <laughs> But Rice, we didn't have enough living alumni to even fill the lower bowl. So when we built that new stadium at TC, I'm like, hey, we're going to park all the visiting team up top at the moon. And then we started reciprocating that everywhere we went. Not a good idea, but it was the idea of trying to create a home field advantage for TCU. So moving the students back. We'll have 2,500 tickets in the lower bowl, which the band will be a part of, and 2,500 up top. All right. I'm going to finish with this one, and you can take it any way you want to. Um, your number one worry as the University of Texas AD right now? 
<sighs> I have two things. You're just always going to, I'm always going to be worried when you're dealing with 18 and 22 year old kids. You know what I mean? We're so quick to, uh, to condemn. We're not quick to hug. So anytime when you're around young people, they just always make you nervous. I'm a parent of two daughters, always makes me nervous. You know, uh, I say a prayer every morning when I get up, may this be my greatest day. And when I go to bed at night, I always say that I live up to my greatest day. You know, and those things are always working. You worry about who you're around constantly, right? And, and so that's number one worry, just just, just young people. And, and are we giving them enough grace to be successful, uh, especially today with social media and all the things that happen? And then number two is it is an unbelievable privilege to work at the University of Texas and to wear these great colors. And um, every day, I don't, I don't live in worry and fear, but I always did. Are we, are we doing everything we say we're going to do to live up to the expectation? And that's my biggest driver, right? Is are we living up to the expectations? And we, we, it's almost impossible. You know, God asks us, are we going to be perfect? We can't. We do everything you strive for perfection. And at the end of the day, if you can sit there and say, I gave it my best, it's awesome. Because you never know what's going to be. And I think right now we're in a perfect timing with our leadership uh, from our chairman of the board to our president, to what's going on on campus and our coaches. I just think that I feel like we have an incredible team in place. And now we just got to go do it, right? And go, and, and there's going to be trials and tribulations for the year. When we win a game, my phone on Monday is mucho bueno. We lose a game, holy sh- smokes. The visceral is unbelievable. I was like, and I, what I do is I run off all the emails and I call everybody back. Like, okay, I have, and it's just, it is why you come here. You know, and, and the old saying is, the eyes of text are upon you at all times. Yeah. And uh, and that's what makes this place so fantastic. All right. Uh, it's Chris Del Conte, Athletic Director of the University of Texas. Chris, are you going to be at the Big 12 Media Days? Or are you uh, passing on those? No, I never go. Uh, that, that, that's really about our coaches and our student athletes. If okay. you're an AD that goes there, you're, you're trying to grab attention for yourself. You know, uh, the attention should be on our coach and our student athletes and, and, and not on you. I got to say this, for the first time in at least 10 years, Texas is going on the first day of the Big 12 and not the last day of the Big 12 media days. There's probably some reasoning for that. Um, well, and I, and I, I think I Brett Yormark wants to I think Brett Yormark wants to put the past behind him and just get it out of the way and focus on the future of the league. And I don't think I mean, if I had his job, I would probably do the same thing. Right. Absolutely. You think about it. They're bringing in four new members. For those four new members, is a massive celebration. They're joining the Big 12. The Big 12 is going a new direction. Commissioner Gormick's done a, a wonderful job for the Big 12. And that's that's the that it's it's like a little bit like um, the Big 10, you know, or the Big 12, the Pac 12 with USC and UCLA. It is what it is. They didn't add new members, but there's new members. There's new vibrancy around the Big 12, and um, it's good that we get in, have our media day. But th- there's also he has to set the table for what's next. Right. Um, your thoughts on conference realignment would be my last, last question. Mm-hmm. I promise. Well, if, you know, it's, it's happened since the dawn of time. University of Chicago was in the Big Ten. Texas Tech, Arizona, Arizona State were in the border league. Right? Uh, and, and the whack at one time. You look at uh, Tulane being in the Southeastern Conference. We... We're in, in the Southern Intercollegiate Athletics Conference, then an independent, then Southwest Conference, then Big 12, and then uh, uh, the SEC. Conferences always are going to move. 
There's nothing constant stagnant about it. And that's just part of college athletics. Um, so I think that, uh, do I see moves happening down the road? I could see it. Do not know, know when, but just you'd be negative. You'd be naive to say you don't see it coming. When you think about the formation of the ACC and the big East schools are left to the ACC, you can see, you know, those things coming down the pike from Boston college, Miami, uh, Pitt, Syracuse, it's always going to happen. So when, who knows? Um, but, but at the end of the day, what does, one of the things that was uniquely to, to, to President Hartzell and me and Chairman type of this discussions is rivalries matter. When you say they don't, they don't. But you know they do. The craziness going on right now on your platforms between us and A&M and our, Arkansas is spectacular. <laughs> I mean, I about damn near pee my pants. Uh, and I, I don't read. I don't get on the the. the and I call you. I call your uh, your website the job evaluation website. I don't want to get on there too much because I know I'm getting my ass blasted. But but uh, so I don't read any of them. And I tell everyone the only sane one I know out there right now is because there's none of them sane because they're passionate. Just straight passion, which I love. But playing, you know, for Arkansas, a lot of our folks, that's a massive rival. Daryl Royals and Broyles, they, they retired on the same day in 76. Arkansas was probably our biggest rival in the 60s, for sure. That game decided national championship games for both schools. So to play them again is going to be awesome. For us to go back and play in AM, it's going to be incredible. That first game is going to be just lunacy. It's going to be great. And then you get to welcome Georgia, Florida, everybody else. That's what college athletics is all about. Those weekend games. Then you get to sit around the water cooler for a whole year. And if you win, hell to pay when you come to the water cooler, boys. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pain. You've been been terrific. Uh, I appreciate your time. I do want to get your thoughts at some point on the possibility of breaking away from the NCAA. I know that's not your job. Uh, to make that decision. But at some point, these big schools are going to be faced with a decision, I think, of, of that. And whether that's the impetus is, uh, you know, state rules forcing that uh, or NIL or whatever the the wedge comes between them, I think that's going to be probably the biggest thing in college sports that we look at beyond uh, the, uh, the situation with the uh, conference realignment. So, uh, I, I wish you nothing but the best. You're always very gracious with your time and uh, gracious to the Longhorn Nation as well. Uh, so Chris Del Conte, Athletic Director, University of Texas. Have a good one, Chris. Good one. Hook him. <laughs>